his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all oh, yeah. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, welcome in. BMAS and Beamer. Uh, Joe, you got to focus me. Slap my face. Um, get right. I'm just I'm thinking about what might happen. Not. I'm not thinking about the Bills game Sunday. I'm thinking Uh-oh. about the next weekend. And uh, <laughs> How long does it take to drive to Nashville if uh, we need to do that? How long does it? It's about uh, 10 hours. Yeah. I can make it nine. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would know. Yeah, I just mapped out that trip actually. Um, but yeah, you're gonna have to talk me. I don't out of doing all that. I'm trying to stop myself from having that mindset. I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. I I am focused on Sunday, as I said yesterday, Brian. If I could have the remote control from Click and just get to five o'clock Sunday, an hour before the game. Uh, I'd be happy. That's what I'm looking. I don't know. Forward Is to. this funny? Uh, it's almost the opposite for me, where I'm not. You know, I've kind of told myself, all right, if the Bills are in the AFC Championship, I'm going, you know. To the AFC Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's here or in Nashville. And so, in a way, and I'm excited to, but also, like, in a way, if we weren't to win on Sunday, I would be, like, a little relieved that I didn't have to actually do the trip and spend money. (laughs) That's not something Is I would that say. Like a little, that's a little weird, that, messed up. Yeah, uh... that's really messed up. Um, I mean, I'm expecting the Bills to win. I'm excited for the game Sunday, but I don't want to do the look ahead. And then when we get there and the Bills aren't playing, uh, to have my head down. So I'm one game at a time. It's a different KC team than the one uh, the Bills beat earlier in the season. They're playing their best football, uh, but so are the Bills. So it's not like the Bills are limping into this game. <laughs> They're coming off a pretty yeah. dominant performance as well. Um, you, you know, this kind of dovetails off uh, yesterday's show. What might have sounded better today, Joe, with the uh, plowing issues in the city. Yeah. And all throughout that, we've uh, talked to Mike Finn earlier this morning. He's the uh, Department of Public Works commissioner in the city of Buffalo. And it's interesting, uh, all the text messages that come in when Mike Finn is on, and most of them, are uh, never saw a plow once, never saw a plow once. And uh, that's, you know, all throughout, and they're naming the streets. I never saw a plow once in Riverside, except for Tonawanda, Ontario, and Niagara Street, everywhere else, untouched. And, you know, have, haven't seen a plow this morning. There's another one. Uh, you get a couple of these. And then there's one that says, could you please give the city a little slack regarding plowing? Not all people cooperate with parking regulations. Now, Joe, I do want to leave some wiggle room, right? All right. For 
if you are if you're a plow driver you can't make it down some of these roads if you're blocked by cars okay maybe it's up to um if we're 48 hours into this maybe it's up to the neighborhood to smash that car uh if it's not moved and that's the reason why kids can't go to school today why uh, but aside from that and that is going to impact right um it's going to impact how plows are able to do their jobs the fact is 48 hours into a storm that dumped two you know about two feet of snow over a 24-hour period right but here we are on wednesday the bulk of that snow fell by this time on monday yeah and we're still in the situation where the schools are shut down because we can't get buses on the streets that is not acceptable for Buffalo. Right. I was going to say, this is this is Buffalo we're talking about, not Richmond, Virginia. No offense to Richmond, Virginia, but this is Buffalo. If anyone's supposed to be able to handle this, that has handled it, it's uh, it's here in Buffalo. Brian, I talked to someone yesterday who uh, an entire alley had, call, had uh, talked about not being able to get out, and you had people that couldn't go to work. And again, you know, we're talking yesterday, that being 36 hours after the storm, they had not seen a plow. They had started taking it on themselves, getting snowblowers in the street, getting shovels, and really just going and trying to get people out that were trying to go to work, go do some shopping uh, for groceries because they hadn't stocked up. I mean, just to do anything, the fact that there are people that can't get out of their driveway this morning, I think it's unexcusable. I'm sorry. Or inexcusable. Sorry. Yeah, it, it's. I think it just goes against what you are so used to hearing in Buffalo and what we talked about yesterday. You know, Buffalo, we're hardy. We can handle this. If we're in this situation on Wednesday from a Monday morning snowstorm, you can't say we can handle it anymore. Right. And, and it's not, you know, it's not that situation everywhere. Um, you know, I'm looking out here and mostly pavement. That's um, right. Most of my drive-in from North Tonawanda through, every, I mean, it was pavement it's only certain areas it needs to be figured out. And, you know, to the person who chimed in this morning, 803-0930, if you want to, too, we can take your calls on this as well throughout the morning. But cut the city some slack. Listen, I can, but 48 hours, let's get that car out of there. You know, yeah. how can you get the car out of there? You're losing slack. Um, yeah. Um, get a tow truck in there uh, with a plow on it. Right. You, you yep. know, have that solution at the ready if that's the reason why people are still stuck and not able to drive. Now, my drive yesterday, we talked about our drive in, right, and how we were surprised that there were still uh, there were still a lot of places. That, and that was throughout Western New York, not right. just the city yesterday. Yesterday morning. But, you know, I have to say, quick here in Amherst, because when we got off the air at 10 o'clock, Brian, obviously took the same streets home uh, and then had to come back because I left my father to my apartment. But that's a different story. Uh, took the same streets home. And much better just five hours after driving into work. So quickly, uh, you notice the streets getting better in most of western New York yesterday. But obviously, we still have those streets in the city um, that people are having a tough time with. I uh, and, you know, getting some tweets and messages from people saying, you know, this it's been like this for years. This is kind of normal. How is this just now an issue? I... <laughs> I think it's, it is normal to have messy streets throughout the city. And, again, it's not just Buffalo. You know, to Mike Finn's point, I will give credit where it's due. Uh, you can go into parts of Hamburg 
after a snowstorm. You can, you, there are different parts of western New York that have more narrow streets where you go down, you think everything should be plowed by now, and it's still very messy. But they're passable. Right. Uh, and it's not pretty. It's You really can't park a lot of times, but the streets are passable. And that's not the case right now in many parts of Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the number one thing, Brian. You, you talk about the streets being messy. I, I've been in the city after a storm, and, you know, there's a street that my car struggled to get down. But if my Civic could get down, cars could still pass. We're talking still on Wednesday morning, uh, people cannot get out of their driveway. And that's if their driveway is even plowed. Uh, they can't get out of their driveway because the street itself has not been touched. And, again, this is, you know— we're not picking on plow drivers. We're not. I'm, no. You're in a plow. You're doing all you can. You're driving for as long as you possibly. There is something organizationally, big picture, whether that's more equipment, more drivers. It's it's not an individual. You know, we're not sitting here and saying, well, you plow drivers are not doing your job. Right? No. Nobody's saying that. Um, what we're saying is that <laughs> throughout the city, there needs to be something better on, on the planning front to make sure that we're not in this situation where in Buffalo, two feet of snow, again, a lot of snow, but it's nothing that we've never seen before. It's not November level where it would be, I, I think, reasonable, right, to expect you still wouldn't be able to get around. You, It was about a week before you were able to pass through some of those roads. Right. I, it's a, a snowfall that you might expect to happen every single winter. And we're not dealing with it. And that's you know, there needs to be a bigger picture idea of how to better attack this the next time it happens. Because there will be a next time. And we, I talked to a gentleman yesterday afternoon, Brian, who uh, remained uh, used a fake name because uh, he worked uh, at one of these municipalities. And he said, you know, you might think it's manpower, and that to an extent is the case. He said, but even with a full force, there are equipment issues, and there is a lot of equipment that just has not been replaced at the city level on some of these plows. So you have... You know, you might have the plows, but they are lacking in equipment, and there's a lot of repairs that have not been made to certain trucks in the city, according to a caller yesterday. So even full full staffs, you might still be noticing some of these issues. All right, but if you have a solution, you're still having problems, you can let us know. 803-0930. The thing we wanted to talk about today, and Joe, I wanted to take a page out of the book of Chris DeBolt. It's not a household name around here, uh, but Christabolt, he joined us earlier this morning. He is the Ontario County Administrator. If you missed our talk with Mr. DeBolt earlier, you can hear that in the podcast tab of WBEN.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for WBEN. And uh, Chris, as the Ontario County Administrator, along with 10 other counties, sent a letter to the governor about the booster mandate for health care workers, saying, uh, urging the governor to reconsider because of the impact it could have on hospitals and the health care system. And in talking with Dubai, I've never talked to him before this morning when we spoke to him live on the air. I didn't know what to expect. I was so impressed I don't think I've heard anyone over the past two years in an elected position. You know, that might be a stretch. I'm sure there has been quite a few. And there has been, you know, whether it's uh, the mayor who we've had on here before, uh, uh, State Senator Rob Ort. Um, there, there's been quite a few people who have spoken 
uh, in a very measured tone and not gone crazy with things, not exaggerated anything, not, uh, you know, uh, went off and acted like me or you, Joe, and, you know, kind of got really heated right. in their argument. But he, I, I was very impressed. He spoke in a very measured tone about why he thinks it is not a good idea, why there could be harm, how you can achieve the same goal perhaps by other means without having the negative impact, and did so very calmly, very matter-of-factly. I was extremely impressed by Christabel, the Ontario County Administrator, who joined us live earlier this morning. You can go back and listen to that interview. But I, I want to take a page out of his book and talk about the COVID picture where we stand, the mask mandate, and where you are personally when it comes to these uh, measures, whether it's a mask mandate, uh, booster shot, anything like that, or just COVID in your life right now. And, and what I'm hoping for is a, just like speaking with Chris earlier, a calm, clear conversation that's uh, very civil and, and very, I, you know, a matter of fact, I think is the best way to describe how he sounded. And Joe, I'll take you to this yesterday. Uh, the county executive was asked, are we nearing the end of the mask mandate? Well, we're not anywhere near that point. If you look back when we announced the phase one in comparison today compared to where we were, our hospitalizations are higher, as well as, of course, our caseloads. Uh, so we'll just, we do a, a review on a weekly basis, and we're not at that point where we would uh, reduce that. I believe the governor has the uh, face mask requirement for all indoor public locations, actually non-public locations too, except homes through the end of this month. And that seems appropriate based on what we're seeing. But, uh, yeah, we're not there yet. Now, uh, you know, um, if we were not having a matter-of-fact conversation, Joe, if we were just kind of, you know, going about to talking at our normal tone about this, I would say that I'm not surprised and yada, yada, yada. You know, of course this would happen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I'm just taking things matter-of-factly, I'm just looking at the situation, I am surprised that this is continuing in this sense. Um, it, just by looking at the mask mandate in its current iteration of what we have. Uh, you take the mask mandate goes into effect in November. Since then, we've seen historic numbers of COVID cases, um, you know, daily counts that far exceed anything else that we've had with or without any sort of mask mandate. Then we got the urging from the same public officials that you need to wear a better quality mask, That's right. uh, that the cloth masks that most everybody is wearing are ineffective and not effective. Right. And we're still kind of continuing with the mask mandate, uh, a mandate that extends all the way to kids who are two years old. CDC recommending masking kids two and older. Other health authorities, uh, much more nuanced. You look over in Europe, uh, they don't recommend masking for school kids younger than 12. The World Health Organization making distinctions based on age, nothing under five from the WHO. And I am a little surprised that we're continuing with the mask mandate as it stands now based on what I see in the public and what I see kind of going on and how I can see people treating 
the masks. I, uh, what's your initial reaction? The mask mandate will continue. Your common nuanced reaction, My Joe. My common nuanced, Brian, and, and this may be a first on radio, so I'm glad we're recording it. Um, I'm, I, I am like you because I look at the numbers, a 20% positivity rate of people tested on January 17th. And you, know, you would also think that as the, quote, science changes – and we've heard that how many times in the last two years, uh, that the mandates would change and the law would change. Uh, The mask mandates aren't doing anything. It's not stopping spread of COVID-19. Your mask mandate is for any kind of mask. It's a cloth mask. Well, the CDC, as you said, Brian, and and this is from the New York Times, so it's not from a a right-wing publication, as someone may uh, accuse me of having. Uh, This is from the New York Times, that cloth masks do not protect against the virus as effectively as um, as other masks, and especially with Omicron, it, it's it's really just um, facial decoration. With that in mind, and you would think that the county health department knows this, um, and seeing the numbers, it's not working. I, I don't unless it's to say, look, we're trying. Um, I don't understand keeping this in place. It it's not stopping the spread, and. What the science is saying now, the CDC, which I've been told is who you listen to, um, it doesn't make sense to keep this mandate in place when Omicron's what's in the area, right? We know that for fact. 99.5% of uh, COVID cases, according to uh, the latest number today. Your cloth mask is not protecting against Omicron. That's not... Omicron. Omicron, I'm sorry. That's not dummy Joe Beamer. That's not idiot Joe Beamer saying that. That's the CDC saying that. And it doesn't That guy will return tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't make much sense uh, to keep a mandate in place that doesn't work. And and, uh, and to be fair, Brian, and I think uh, to be fair, I was against the mask mandate from day one. But all we've learned in the last two months is more that these cloth masks don't work. And all you have to look at, you only have to look at the CDC, as Brian said, just look at the cases. We are still near those record highs when it comes to positivity cases. Everybody has had ample opportunity to be vaccinated and to take from the New York Times, which you're holding in your hand right there, or at least a piece of paper with words from the New York Times printed <laughs> on it. Um, available evidence suggests Omicron less threatening to a vaccinated person than the normal flu, which is not something we masked for previously. And to take, and I'm not asking for this, uh, but to take what you said, Joe, if you were to go forward with the mask mandate, you, might you want to make it, okay, it's a KN95 mandate. If you really are looking for something that's, uh, you know, going to work, right? right? And we've admitted that the, you know, Spider-Man mask that the kid is wearing in school isn't working. Can we also admit, you know, if that's not containing the spread uh, the way we want a mask to, can we also then admit that, you know, maybe the harm does outweigh the benefit inside of that setting? Yes. If we're asking young kids to wear a mask that we're saying doesn't really work in the current situation, but they're still experiencing the negative effects of wearing that mask in school. I, it is, I think, a conversation worth having especially because of, Joe, I mentioned what I see out in the public. And this is where I I want people to weigh in to let me know where you fall. Or maybe uh, um, I have this totally wrong. You tell me, Joe. I see right now there are two types of people. One outnumbers the other. Out in public. Uh, As I, you know, kind of observe people, 
I see there are definitely people who are taking this uh, very seriously, the masking mandate. They are wearing uh, some sort of N95, KN95, you know, very good mask, well-fitting, and keeping it on, and and that's how they're going about. And then I see the vast majority of people who are wearing, and you you can look at, uh, we were talking about the gym off-air, Joe. Where does everyone wear their mask uh, around the gym? Under the chin, uh, certainly under the nose. I saw somebody the other day on the elliptical uh, over the nose but above the mouth, which was a new one. I like to breathe through my nose. It wouldn't really uh, work for me. Uh, But you you see them people who, uh, all right, we've been told now for the last month, oh, you need well-fitting. We need this style mask, uh, this and that. And people are hearing this message. But we're still just slapping them on only because we're told we have to to walk into a store. Uh, Is that wrong Uh, am i off on that totally is there an in-between somewhere because it seems like we've kind of fallen into two different camps one who uh believes that the mask is protecting them and they're wearing a mask that actually can do that and the other group who just isn't really bothered by this anymore does that seem accurate? That seems exactly what I am seeing. And again, Brian, I do agree that it's 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 a metal thing, right? Because you can be, hey, this mask mandate is stupid. These masks aren't doing anything. And what are you going to do next? Uh, enforce N95 masks on everybody? Um, but I, I don't necessarily think that means people aren't taking the virus seriously. Um, I, I think it means... Absolutely. You know, do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Like, I think you're spot on on that. It, it's... It's the masks don't do anything. We know that. We watch. We, we, we hear the news. We see things. We know people who have gotten sick in, in environments where they've had to wear a mask eight hours a, a workday. Um, and I, I think people are pretty much over it. And you have to look no further than the PowerPoints the county executive points out. And uh, I, I, I just wonder, what's he looking at? You have to look no further than 70,000 people celebrating seven touchdowns uh, this past That's Saturday. Right hugging each other. Where do you fall? Common Collective. Take a page out of Krista Bolt's book. WBEN uh, Newstime is 929. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. What a perfect, you know, song to usher in our cool and uh, collected that's show. That's what we're doing here, yeah. I like it. Uh, let's uh, open up uh, by going to Pat in Clarence. Pat, you're on Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. Uh, how's it going today, Pat? Good, good. It's going just fine. And, you know, the camp I'm in is... Obviously, the disease is serious to some people, right? And and if you want to wear a mask, it makes you feel comfortable, you know, go for it. You know, it, I'm not going to shame you for, for wearing a mask. But well, let's talk about the N95 if they come out with a mandate. Because if, if in a workplace setting, if an employee is required to wear an N95 due to an airborne particle hazard, say asbestos or welding, do you, do you realize, or I don't think our leaders realize, what that employee has to go through to, to, to wear an N95? I mean, first of all, they have to have a pulmonary exam to prove they can breathe through one because they're much more difficult to breathe through. Then they have to be fit tested so that they have the right size to their face, and that's either a qualitative test or a quantitative test, which is very thorough. And then thirdly, they have to be clean-shaven before their shift to wear it so they have a good seal to their face, and then they're are basically protected now to just put you know 500 million n95s out there and say wear them you're going to see them over beards you're going to see them under the nose i mean it's 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 just it's again it's more yeah it's not doing anything pat i, I do laugh when i see the uh, the mask over the beard uh which is a lot of people today and i i think what uh, a lot of what I'm seeing, I don't see the actual N95s. What you see is the KN95. I don't know what the K, the K stands for counterfeit uh, N95. I think that's what you see the most of. Right. It's made in China. The K is made in China. It doesn't pass any NIOSH testing in the United States. An N95 has to have head straps versus ear loops. I mean, there's so much protocol. So you would think our leaders would have an industrial hygienist on their committees to, to educate them on the difference between a surgical mask, which is basically no protection, and N95. So, so again, it's another mandate that's just a knee-jerk mandate that is going to make people feel better that they're wearing an N95, but they're not wearing it near correctly, even if it's over their nose and mouth, because of the seal and everything I mentioned regarding the, the preliminary requirements to wear an N95. So it's, but they don't see that. I, I, just, I don't get it. I, you know, 
I'm I'm trying to stay cool and collected for your for your show today, but it's just it's just another layer of shoot first and aim second. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate the call, Pat. Thanks for listening. Uh, I I think you did a good job staying uh, cool and collected. We're uh, taking a page out of the book, The Ontario County Administrator, who joined us early this morning. That's Chris DeBolt. And I thought he was very cool and collected, Joe, in his explanation of why he was opposing the booster mandate for health care workers in New York State. Um, I don't know if I heard, you know, that kind of thoroughness while staying cool. He didn't attack anybody. Right. You know, he didn't call the uh, booster mandate or the governor ridiculous or, you know, attack her or somebody else in the health department for this. All he did was say, listen, I think this could hurt us more than it helps Here's even a way, if you are really serious about adding like an extra layer of security, here's a way to do this. But please think about this before you implement it. And that's, you know, maybe touches on Pat's point, Joe, of let's aim first before we go ahead and shoot. Because there are consequences to every decision or non-decision. Well, and it, it is, um, I am disappointed by our elected officials, some of them, uh, that Brian, it seems when, as I said in the first segment, when new information comes out or um, when, you know, an objection to something you say, and like you said, Brian, if you, if you go about it this way, where it's calm and collected and you're not name calling and you just bring up an, an objection, it just seems like those in power don't want to listen to your objection, right? They don't want to listen to what you're saying. We had uh, Dr. Adalja on a few weeks ago, and he said that you know people are calling him anti-vax because he you know he he says that the booster is not the most important thing; it's the first two shots. Um, but it seems like those in power, those making the laws, they want to ignore those that might have a different approach, that might just have an objection to what you're saying, or might say what you're doing isn't really giving you the protection you think. And as Krista Bolt said, it could be doing a lot more harm than uh, what a booster mandate I, I is supposed to do in the eyes of the, of the state. Yeah, it's and it's never quite clear as to what the end goal is for a lot of these recommendations and mandates. You know, I mentioned when speaking with uh, Chris this morning, this new study out of Israel that showed four vaccine shots didn't stop people from catching the Omicron variant. Now, it still, the study would still show vaccines would reduce the overall risk of hospitalization from Omicron. But the idea of this booster mandate that Chris was talking about is that you don't bring it into the hospital, right? That's, the, that's what we heard uh, Mark Polenkars talk about when he mentioned the vaccine mandate at Bill's Games. Here, now, He said, I'm paraphrasing his words because I won't get it exactly, but I know it because he said it multiple times. You don't have to worry about the person next to you having COVID, right, if you're all vaccinated and in the Bills game. Exactly. And listen, that's just not the case anymore. Right. But we've never really come to terms with the changing picture, and we've never updated our policies and procedures. We've never updated reasons why. As this information changes to become, you know, really (laughs) not the case, right? As we see in uh, that, you know, one example of, oh, you don't have to worry about the person next to you 
having COVID. If the goal is to keep COVID out of hospitals and we're mandating boosters, but we're also going to allow anyone who you know follows these mandates but actually has COVID go back into the hospital, I don't think you're, you can expect people to take that the same way as when months ago you mandated a vaccine for all healthcare workers, right. which, by the way, is something that uh, you know polls would show most people generally supported. If you put that same mandate in place now with the other rules of COVID positive can go in, I don't know if you'd get the same result because it's a different picture that we're living in. And that's the thing, Brian. It's uh, our, our, those putting the rules in place aren't adjusting things to what we know now, and they ridicule others for bringing that up, for, you know, for saying, well, now that we know this, isn't, the, isn't this the way it should be? And I don't know if I'm missing it, but on um, what you said out of Israel, I would like to know those who had their four shots that still got infected. Were they any less sick than someone who only had their initial two-dose vaccination? That's something I think I'd be interested in seeing uh, the results of. Uh, in England, just today, they announced that they're changing everything starting a week from today, uh, or a week from tomorrow, actually, I should say, next Thursday. Uh, no more mandatory face masks, no more mandatory vaccination passes, uh, and easing of all nursing home restrictions starting tomorrow throughout England. Uh, they had been for the past two weeks mandating masks in schools starting tomorrow that will no longer be compulsory in it's England. So these see. rules can change based on the evidence that you see. Uh, and for large, in large part, England was able to, uh, you know, deal with and then see uh, the end of the huge surge in COVID cases because of the new variant without really implementing a ton of new rules right. on everybody. Or at least if there were some new restrictions, as you see here, within reason, they revisited and said, hang on, wait a second, things have changed, we'll go back. Uh, which is something that I think the calm, reasonable person here would say, hang on, wait a second. We're, we're still looking at the things we did in early November and applying them in mid-January in terms of masks, vaccination mandates, when the picture is so drastically changed yep. that our approach maybe should, too. Yeah. And it, it's it, like I said, Brian, it's disappointing. You would think they can look over to England and see, hey, this is what they're doing. And, and uh, again, I just uh, there was no substance to the county executive's answer yesterday to Brayton's question about the mask mandate. Uh, it, it would be nice to know why he feels this still needs to be in place with the evidence against cloth masks. And Brian, as you said, this variant changed everything. It changed. It, it, it set records for positivity rates. It changed the messaging around the vaccine for some people. Um, but there's no context to why these things stay in place when, yes, the virus has changed. And I think this is where, what do we say, common nuanced. It's where the nuance comes in that a lot of times is left behind. You know, what I hear a lot, what I read a lot is people saying, well, you know, I told you masks don't work. And these cloth masks don't work. And I don't think you want to say that. Because just looking at it, using your own common sense, a mask would work. 
a mask would lower the amount of particles leaving your mouth. Right. You know, as I talk uh, across from you, Joe, sometimes you'll see a little spit. That's right. Go across, and you'll do the same over here, and that's just what happens when you're talking. Yeah. And if I was wearing a mask, that would not happen, right? And okay. if you were wearing a mask, that would likely not go from me to you, these big droplets. So, I, And then you go and say, well, masks don't work. Anyone could easily point to just the common sense. Well, of course they – we're not saying they're perfect, but of course they work. What I think you want to say in the argument is what we're learning is the mask mandate – doesn't, and there is a clear difference, right? Uh, masks, when used exactly the way they're supposed to be, if it's something that's actually good and made for your face and not made, in, no offense to everybody who's selling them out there on Etsy, yeah. um, <laughs> it, it, it would work. But spread over the general population, we say a mask mandate, to go into anywhere you have to wear a mask, I, that's shown, you know, whether it's all these graphs of the COVID cases and then you plot the dates, right, when the mask mandate goes into effect, when it right. doesn't. I mean, there seems to be no correlation when that's expanded upon a state or upon a big region or a county. And all you have to do, Joe, is look in any business, any location. If we're saying, you know, one, there's the obvious huge rise in cases while the mask mandate was in place, historic numbers. So, I mean, you could just point to that. But you could also say, hang on, wait a second. Go into any business. Go into the gym. What are you going to see there? You're going to see most people are wearing it, wearing it under your nose. If you're in the gym, you might see no one wearing it at all or it's underneath their chin. It's just on to comply with, oh, you have to wear this fun new accessory while you're in here. That's the rule now. Uh, you're not going to see people doing that in a way that's going to actually make a difference. Right. And you're going to be seeing people wearing, you know, masks that have holes in them, are old, are, you know, I can look at my own car. How many of these, oh. you know, little surgical masks that come around and I'll raise my hand. Yeah, I don't have a whole, you know, mask stash of fresh ones somewhere. So I'll pick one off the floor of my car if I have to go in the gym because I know I'm, wearing it around the chin anyway. Right. Um, I'm not breathing those it, particles in. <laughs> and, and, you know, to say that is the actual picture of what's going on yes. in many places. And to see that and then say, well, it's making a big difference. I, I think what people see is, well, hang on. If, if it's making a big difference and no one's actually doing it, what is actually making a big difference? Right. <laughs> because it can't be this mask that everyone's wearing underneath their nose or below their chin or not how they're supposed to, or this mask that doesn't really work against the current COVID that we have. I, again, I, I think that's the nuance in this. You, you can go say, hey, masks don't work. I, you wouldn't be correct. But if you wanted to apply that to a mandate in general, I think with what we've seen over the past couple of months here now, I, you would have a case. Yeah. I mean, Brian, when they put this mandate back into place and, you know, we talked about this on the show, it wasn't situational mandates. Uh, did did a, wearing a mask into a bar ever work? Because as soon as I sit at the bar, the mask is going off. Right. When I go to a restaurant, a bar, I think people look at that and go, this is silly. You know, and they also look at what happened yesterday. Uh, you know, the Village of Williamsville had a three hundred dollar ticket. And I would say both are. It's silly. Right. I mean, I think people are looking at this and saying, 
I can't take this seriously. You're telling me to wear a mask until I sit down, and then I can yell, talk across the table, you know, order food. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it's, Walk around it, with a drink in your hand. Exactly, right? I mean, it's silly, and, and I, I think you, you, did it, you did it the way they did it to where, okay, it's not situational. If you had said, hey, bro, hey you know, when you're in a grocery store or, you know, essential shopping, um, make sure a mask is on. All right, I think people would say, okay, I can take that seriously. Uh, but when, you know, you're yelling at me because I didn't put a mask on to walk three feet to the bathroom. Wait, that's a really bad table. Uh, to walk, you know, <laughs> 50, 50 feet to the bathroom. Um, it, it, I think people just look at this. This is silly. It's not to be taken seriously. And then, as we've been saying, put on top of that, the numbers that have gone up with the new variant, with the change in the, in the, in the virus since the mandate's been put into place. I think what it does at a time where most people have gotten vaccinated, had COVID, especially over the last month, or are just trying to figure out how to, okay, you know, how can I leave this behind me? It is the last remaining part of this that re- would remind you that there's a pandemic going on. It's, oh, oh, you know, oh, got to run back to my car. Got to put a mask on before I walk in here. I think that's what it is for a lot of people. And in that case, uh, for a lot of people who say, well, it's no big deal, it's just a mask, I think that is a bigger deal than people would care to admit. The psychological aspect of this, of just kind of keeping everything going, where if you lost that reminder, maybe more people would feel free to enjoy themselves again. (laughs) <laughs> to uh, to kind of go about uh, life again, uh, you know that's just that's just my calm, cool, and collective approach. I'll say it was nice going to the stadium. I, I mean, uh, you know my thoughts on the vaccine mandate, uh, but it, it was nice walking on the stadium, not needing a mask, right, Brian? When we went uh, a few weeks ago, uh, didn't need a mask, didn't have to worry about that, didn't have to check my pockets before I walked into the bathroom. Uh, you know, you kind of had that freedom inside the walls of one Bill's Drive. Yeah, the, I mean, the vaccine mandate's another thing. I mean, how much is that hurting anything indoors, inside the arena? Uh, you look at oh, the, I, yeah. It's not like the Sabres games were hot tickets to begin with, but, but as been- 70% of kids, uh, 5 to 11, are not eligible in the region to go to one of these games. Um, ooh, uh, did we just have a flicker of the lights? What, what happened there? That's maybe, the heat turning I was going to say, maybe, <laughs> maybe that could be the heat. I don't know, but... I don't, that's but just you, what I'm uh, I, I'm thinking about. After I listened to uh, Cristobal, I, 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 what I wanted for from today, Joe, is there are ways to talk about this without dragging people through the mud, without pointing fingers, without raising your voice and raising tempers and, and getting upset that just may be more productive right. than going to the other. I don't know if it will be more productive. And doing the opposite of that. I but th- it I th- might be. I think in, in a situation like this, it could be. Um, and again, you might get a lot more people on your side if you stay calm, cool, and collective. The other thing about the vaccine mandate, Brian, you say how much is it hurting these places? But I think you also have to look and ask it this way. How much is it helping? Right? Is it really helping spread within these places? Again, with the changing variant, uh, that is not as true as it may have been uh, a few months ago. But uh, I enjoyed this conversation, Brian, but I think uh, tomorrow we'll get back to yelling. <laughs> is, is that, i got to stay <laughs> calm and collected uh, while I'm thinking about, uh, uh, you know, possibly making it to the AFC championship game. That trip to Nashville. 
I is what's the uh, what's the reasonable choice? Uh, flight or a drive? I kind of think a drive. Yes. Yeah. You know me. I usually lean toward drive anyway. It's a three to four hour flight. Right. It's a ten ish hour drive. So when we look to and a- then the three out three or four hour flight, that's you know an hour at least each way at the airport. Right. I mean, you're not really saving that much time. No. When we we look to fly to Nashville in February. Uh, we would be in the air slash in, you know, Are you driving? We ended up driving because we would be in airport slash mm-hmm. on the plane as much as we would be in the car. And now we get to do a day in Indianapolis, a day in Columbus, a day in Cincinnati on our way to uh, Nashville. So make it a little more fun of a trip. But yes, I think driving to Nashville is probably the best uh, for everyone. That's I wouldn't plan. But please don't jinx it. You know me in superstitions. Don't plan the trip. Until after Sunday, because all you're going to do is jinx the team. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm. You know, believe in the Bills. Bills all the way. We're going to crush. Don't them. do it, Brian. And, uh, Don't do it. That's how it's going to be. No jinxes here. Because last year I got superstitious, and look what happened. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Bemaz and Beamer on WBen. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.